We always want information to serve us, not the other way around. How do you deal with clutter control? Please address some methods for switching between tasks. I have a particular problem with beginning work, especially after lunch. Any tips for staying positive and focusing on how to improve going forward rather than on past mistakes, especially in work environments in which almost all the focus is on the bad ADHD traits. How do you keep track of all the ideas that are going through your head as a way to keep yourself from forgetting them? ADHD Rewired, episode 172. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. It's the second Tuesday of the month, so if you're catching this early enough on the day it came out, you can join me today for a special live Q&A with special guest co-host Brendan Mahan. This is also a special Q&A because for the first time on ADHD Rewired, we're answering questions about kids and parenting. We're doing it at 12.30 p.m. Central Time. That's 10.30 Pacific, 1.30 Eastern. Just go to erictivers.com slash events to register. And yes, today's episode is the recording of last month's live Q&A. So when you see a live Q&A episode in your feed, there's a good chance that there's a live Q&A that day. Just go to erictivers.com slash events to register. That's erictivers.com slash events. See you there. All right. So you're into self-improvement. You want to grow. You'd love to learn better ways to manage your ADHD. And you'd love to be around other adults with ADHD who get it, who will support you where you can hold each other accountable without any shame. If you're brand new to ADHD Rewired and you're looking for something that can really make a difference in your life and your ADHD, then come to coachingrewired.com to learn more about ADHD Rewired's coaching and accountability groups. If you've been listening for a while and you've been thinking about joining this group for a while, our next season begins August 21st. But before you tune out thinking that's so far away, this Thursday, June 15th, is the last day of our still kind of early, early registration event, where you could still save $200, but you do have to register by June 15th to get the savings. As I record this on June 9th, we are over 50% full, and there are only three spots left in section one. Don't get stuck on the wait list. Don't get stuck paying full price. Go to coachingrewired.com for more details and to schedule your registration interview today. That's coachingrewired.com. If you want to put into place all those things that you heard about on the podcast, but you can't seem to do it on your own, this is the group for you. It'll totally change your life. It'll move you forward. It's absolutely worth it. That's coachingrewired.com. 
Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. It is the second Tuesday of the month, and every second Tuesday of the month, we invite you, the ADHD community, to join us live for a live productivity Q&A. And today, I have invited special guest Ryan McRae, the ADHD nerd, to handle some of the questions with me. Ryan, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, this is fun. So you, as uh, you know, Nisha went on vacation and then sort of stepped back uh, from, from ADHD Rewired for uh, for now. And uh, so we're sort of playing around with special guests for these Q&As. Um, for me, this is one of my most most fun. Is that is that the right way to say it? I don't know. It's it's the yeah, most funnest sure. thing that I do uh, is just getting to talk to you guys and answer your questions. And that is exactly uh, what we are going to do. And so I wanted to actually start with one of the questions that someone posted when they registered for uh, for this. You know, Ron, how do you do with clutter control? How do you do with clutter? So. Oh, that's a great question. Um, that is one of my weaknesses. Oh, so, crap. so uh, this, no, it's okay. No, it's good. Cause I, cause I, I was going to say, you know, uh, I was hoping that like, I'm I'm an expert at creating clutter. Yeah. So the question is um, uh, in uh, from Linda, who says that she's new to the podcast. Any help with clutter control would be helpful. So, like, I totally agree. Any help with clutter yeah. control? Yeah. I'll I'll say this. So right now, I'm I were like a month away or so from moving. My my, my family and I. And what has become so painfully uh, clear to me is that this line, this way of thinking of the just in case, like just in case, like it's a a disordered way of thinking. It's it is there's so many things that I've held on to. I'm like, I'm never going to look at this. I'm never going to see this. So, you know, clutter, it's, it's, I look at that as my next frontier of what, what I really need to master. Like, I have so many opportunities for growth when it comes to clutter and disorganization. Yeah. Clutter, clutter strikes me when I've like taken a loss or I've had a disappointment. You know, I'm kind of, I got my stuff. It's like uh, Steve Martin from the, the old movie, The Jerk. Like, I got this and I got this. And what I try to do is declutter. I try to do it when I'm kind of in a neutral, neutral state. Like I'm not super thrilled. I'm not super bummed. And I just simply go and I'm pretty vigilant on clutter. Like it, it knows it's leaving. And so, and I don't, I, I only hold something for a couple seconds and I'm like, am I throwing it in the trash? Am I giving it away or am I keeping it? And boy, that keep it will kind of like, Oh, what if you need this? And this could be the last big pen on the planet. You know, you're like, there's always going to be more pens. There's always going to be more books. I just gave them away. So I, I, want, I want to find out from the people who are here. So there's that raise hand function. How many of you, because I, I know I do this. And like I, when I, I recognize that I'm doing this, I laugh at myself. We'll have that, that pen they really that like, but, it, but it's not actually working. And you then put it back in the jar of pens. Like hoping that next time it's going to work. So raise your hand if, if you have that, if you, get, if you do that. Find oh, that. it's just a chorus. Everyone is just <laughs> jamming on the, there's, there's a lot of. <laughs> I'd say half. I'd say a little bit less than half. Yeah. 
So it's, you know, it's sometimes looking at the absurdity of these things we do. Now, if you've ever moved and have had your house staged, this is something that we have, that we are sort of going through. First of all, what a whirlwind. Uh, the, the best analogy I could think of is, you know, that moment when you're going on like this really big, scary roller coaster and you're, you're climbing up the first sort of drop and it's like, and you're getting, and it's going slower right to the top, and you have that moment, and you're just like, I want to get off. I don't want to do this anymore. That's what I felt like when the stager came into the house, and it's like, okay, now when people said our house is no longer ours, I understood what they mean now. Because like they're taking things off our wall, they're putting stuff that like I've never seen before on our walls, and it's like, and our house became immaculate. And so then we had to live immaculately for as long as our house was on, on the market. And I have made my bed more in the last two weeks than I have in my entire adult life. Oh, wow. And which has me thinking, hmm, now I actually, it, it kind of feels really nice, like having this really decluttered space. And the thing that I, that I am noticing is that because I don't have to make the decision, it's yes, it needs to be put away. Like, yeah. it's not like, should I leave that one out? Like, you know, it's or, it's like, no, it's like everything is put away. Like, it's a current sort of line of questioning that I'm currently having around this area of clutter. But yeah, it's challenging because we look at piles. Piles, I forgot who says this, but it's our delayed decisions. They're decisions we haven't, we haven't made yet. Oh, yeah. And you will... You will see like people like and there's clutter for different reasons like we're like emotionally attached to it like that pen or something like that or it's like i'm gonna get to that later or just in case so, so you're right something has to be processed out um but how would you we, explain ryan the so i'm holding for the listeners uh, um I, I have to take lactate when i have dairy products i have a, a lactate wrapper that was just on my desk and my garbage can is right under my feet that that kind of clutter oh yeah it's kind of one or two ways like when you touch something you have to develop this habit of like i'm going to deal with it now if i if it's in my hand i do with mail because mail will just grow like like kudzu on my desk and so i i have a rule and i've had this for years i only touch it once and can you actually do that because i I think that's a great idea in theory i find in practice that's hard it is like you touch it once, you open it, and if it's a bill, it goes in your, you know, process to do bills, but the envelopes, and I, 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 opening mail for me is a very violent thing. I'm just like, I, oh, I gotta get this out of my life. Um, and I am like, magazines from like Costco connection out. Like, if it doesn't pique my interest the minute I touch it, I'm like, it's gone. Oh, that, that big envelope of coupons, never gonna happen. Out. Like, I'm going to save 25 cents by going through this for a half hour. Are you serious? Like, no, I am like the executioner when it comes to, I, I just go Game of Thrones on, on, on my mail. Like, I cannot, I cannot handle it. Now, how did you, how did so, you set up a rule something like that? Did you like write out the rules and then follow them? Or was it sort of, how did you do that? So it's kind of, I kind of had an advantage. So I live in a third floor walk up and there's a trash can right by the mail. And so I open up my mailbox and I just go through it then and there because I'm not at home. There's nothing to distract me. And so when I'm done, then I pull out my keys and I go through the door. So I only have the mail that I have to deal with a bill, a package, a check to deposit. That's great. It goes in the corner of my desk 
corner of my desk is like, bro, you have to handle this stuff. And then I weekly, I'm like, all right, I'm getting, I'm getting rid of this. But I, I've, I've made the mistake though. Let me be very clear. I've decluttered my house and thrown out tickets to uh, a New York charity ball I was invited to. <laughs> so I was like, so I had to go like dumpster diving looking for the tickets and I didn't get them. And I had to go through this whole process of getting them replaced. So like there's, there's boundaries to it, but just touch it once and like, and, and try to just dump yeah. it. So Amber likes to do the five minute rule, um, which I assume is like just taking five minutes and burning through that mail as quick as you can. You know, one of the things that I've been doing in my, my coaching groups uh, is at this, at sort of randomly at the start of, of some of our sessions, we'll just say, all right, 60 seconds, clear as much stuff, stuff off your desk as you can. Uh, and, it, and it's cr- like, you can actually make a, a, a sizable dent in 60 seconds. One, because you're engineering urgency. Cause you're like, you're, you're not basically giving time to think about stuff. You're like, okay, what, what can I do? What can I, and that kind of engineering urgency can actually be really, really helpful. All right, let's go to the, an, another question. And I didn't grab the person's name that uh, answered ahead of time, and then we'll get to some of the live ones next. They want to hear uh, me talk about graduate school slash academia or working for yourself. So uh, academia, graduate school, self-employment. I believe that's what the question is. Ryan, do you want to go first? Oh, man. Um, I have done I've done grad school. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm unsure on like... Like I went to grad school, I graduated with a master's. I also, what angle would you like me to hit this? Like how does someone with ADHD attack grad school or attack working for yourself? I'm looking for, what, okay. what would you like? Eric? How would you like to take it? Cause we can, we can go lots of different ways. Right. Um, I would say if you're going into grad school or in academics, you really need some stuff in place for like your ADHD. Um, you really need some, you need to kind of install the habits before like day one, because you're going to be all this information, all these, all this homework, all these papers. How do I write a dissertation? What's my thesis? Da, 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 da. You have to literally build a process beforehand. And, and I can kind of walk you through some of those, um, whether it's college or grad school, I would say every syllabi you, every syllabus you get is sacred. It is like, like and you have to process that syllabus out. I, I think that right. Uh, if, I, if I recall from a conversation that we had some time ago, um, there what we do a very similar thing with working with because uh, you used to do you were a, a residence advisor in, in college and yeah so you had the same idea of, of like like uh, basically do a, a, a I don't know an archaeological dig on your syllabus like mm-hmm. ex- extract every piece of important information into your calendar and then throw away the syllabus, like be able to throw away the syllabus. Yeah. Or at least like stash it under your mattress or something, just in case like Google goes down, but you take that. So I was a college instructor for nine years working with freshmen and I would teach them like, and this works for any academic thing, take your syllabus, every due date goes in your calendar and you have to remind yourself a week, two weeks, three weeks, depending on the size of the project or what's due to start studying for that because it's pointless to have a due date if you're not really understand like, oh, because you turn the page and it's like, oh, April 2nd, I have a, you know, a, a huge paper due, but you've only been looking at March, the March calendar. So then you're screwed, blued and tattooed. So you have to <laughs> process all that. Screwed, and tattooed. You have to put your offer, your uh, professor's office hours 
in your calendar. You have to put their phone number, their contact information, the like, just synthesize it. Be like, yeah, but it's already there. That's why they built it. No, you need to, you have it. So it's, it's an active reminder because you're never going to go back to that. You don't want to go back to that syllabus for reference. It's a waste of time. You're going through four or five syllabi, syllabi to, to process that. So you want to process that all out so that that information, we always want information to serve us. Yes. Not the other way around. Information serves us. So when I look at my Google calendar, I can see what I'm doing today, what's due in a week. Hey, oh, my professor has office hours during this time. I do have a question instead of, oh, I wonder if they have it. Now I'm going to, where's my syllabus? Oh, look, a sandwich. Like, no, that's like rookie move <laughs> bull that drives me nuts. Information literally always serves us. So you have to make it. And, and so, um, and then I don't work for myself, so I'm kind of out on that, but, um, yeah, I love me some grad school. I love me some academics. You know, so. it's, it's, I, I, I've talked to other, uh, people, uh, mental health providers, uh, who in in grad school, uh, view, I, I view being grad students. Like, I think that should be like in the DSM. Cause like, oh, yeah, it's, oh, clearly. it's like, oh. insa- it's insanity, oh. right now. Something that I did not realize right away. And it's like, really, Eric, but uh, you don't actually have to read everything. You're not actually expected to read everything that took me. Um, I didn't know that at first because oh, um, I, cause I did, you know, and um, yeah. So a couple of things, just sort of strategic things on, on that. Now you probably have heard me. Uh, if you, if you listen to the podcast for a while, for me to like have one calendar, like having multiple calendars is a great way to like, just like mess oh. yourself up. Now, oh. that being said, I have an exception. So the exception though, this calendar is not your master. This is your reminder. It's one of those four month dry erase calendars where you, when you're planning out your, your semester at the beginning of the semester, you put your tests, you put your papers, you even put the reading even for each each thing and have that hanging where you typically work. So it's, it is never not in sight. So I, I think it's important to have that, that grand view. And if something changes, you do have to change that on the, the calendar. The other thing that I do both in academics and as an entrepreneur, when I have something coming up, like a launch, I, you know, it's like I could have a date that I know the launch is happening, but there's sometimes it's this disconnect between the day that it is right now and when that day is. So what I will do is I will start going uh, two or three months ahead of time. I will start going, or let's say there's a a conference coming up that I have to speak at. I want to speak at it. So I'll go, all right. Uh, proposal due in 10 weeks, proposal due in nine weeks. And I will have that as a repeating uh, an event that's a non-timed event at the top of my my uh, calendar. So I'm seeing that. So it's like I'm not suddenly surprised that proposal due in next week and that week happens to be a crazy busy week. And I'm like, right. I have no idea how I'm going to manage this. Yeah, that's great, too. You having network. And again, you're having your information serve you. Right. Not, you know, not us chasing down these little snippets of, Oh, when is this? When, how do I do this? What's this about? Um, that's where I see people get tripped up is they can't process that information out. So, yeah. Ryan, do you have another question that you want to answer? Please address some methods for switching between tasks. I have particular problem with beginning work, especially after lunch. Oh, pick me. Okay. (laughs) Ryan McRae. All right, so there's this thing called decision fatigue. 
we have like a certain amount of willpower at the start of the day. And every time we have to make a decision, we're taking a withdrawal out of that. Now it could be a tiny decision. Like, do I want salt on my fries? That's minimal, but it could be like, should I take this new job and move my family across? Like that's, it's going to be huge. So when we switch tasks, we are taking away from our, our decision fatigue starts to get lower and lower because we're trying to do something and we're, we're switching tasks and it starts to degrade our ability to continue that task. I know it's kind of a little much. Let me give you an example. So if I'm reading and then I go to write an email and then I read two more pages and then I write another email, both my email writing speed and my reading speed are going to slowly decline, decline, decline. The better move is to get all the reading done than all the writing done because I'm re it's like every time it would be, it would be terrible if you had a smartphone and every time you switched apps, you are restarting the phone. Or, at, le or at least like really draining the battery. That would yeah, probably your be a battery is yeah. like, Hey, every time you switch apps, you're going to take 4% out of your battery. It's a great we'd analogy. Be like, we'd be like, what? So you would just stick with one and then go to the other. Same thing with our willpower. So when it says switching between tasks, my method is don't unless you're done. Um, I try to group stuff like I get all my home stuff done, laundry, cleaning, because I'm in that mode. I'll put these headphones in, listen to a podcast, but I'm not going to touch my computer. I'm not going to grab my phone. I'm in like cleaning mode. And then I'm in, you know, maybe reading. So, um, Cal Newport in his book, Deep Work, yeah. talks about this. It is one of the most painful books I've ever read. Like I was like, oh, and I've met the guy, nicest guy, nerdy as I wish I could be. <laughs> but like he hates our, he's like, this is terrible how we do work. And I, and I can't agree more. So reduce your switching tasks as much as possible. Now I'm in a, I'm in a job where I don't, you know, I don't have that luxury but I, I do what I can to kind of minimize that decision fatigue. No, right. You, you had said, though, it is sort of a it's not like we're just deciding who wants salt in our fries. But research has actually shown that, like, if you're asked that and you have to make the decision, that actually does drain that, that, that ability yeah. for, for your executive functioning. Like anything that taps into executive functioning and, and task shifting or task switching is ab when we think about our our attention networks right focus is not just about what we're focusing on attention is also our attention networks also include our our task shifting network it also includes our inhibition network which is sort of like our brains like bodyguard for our attention right it's like all right these are the things you're not paying attention to and like so all those things are going to when you when you use that sort of brain function it's it's draining the fuel the fuel tank all right, so yeah, yeah uh, switching uh, is, and I, and I completely relate to to the the, the task uh, shifting. For me, it's it's incredible. Like especially in the evening, my meds have worn off, and it's like, all right, time to go home. Right, and you can minimize that task switching because you have, you kind of call the ball. So let's say I'm cleaning my house, and I'm like, man, I got to send Joe that email. So I've I've two choices like i'm sending joe the email and stopping and switching then i get sucked into like email the abyss or i just in my 
I just write down on a piece of paper or in my Evernote, send Joe that email or set reminder in 30 minutes, send Joe that email. Cause then my brain's like, Oh, that's taken care of. My brain has the same release. If I write the email or at least remind myself, cause it's like, Oh, cause your brain's panicking. Cause it doesn't want to forget that there's some importance to it, you know? So. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to another question. So one of our live questions is from Elise. How do you keep track of all the ideas that are going through your head as a way to keep yourself from forgetting from forgetting them? I've tried making a list, but then I obsessed on how to make the list. Any thoughts? Yes, I have lots of thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I all the ideas that are in my head. Well, the first sort of rule is get it out of your head. Um, I mean, yeah. that is that that is one of the most important sort of rules of managing ADHD is externalize all key information and ideas, right? So, and then, you know, so there's a series of challenges that come along with this. And so I think it's important to sort of identify each sort of area um, as, its, as its own sort of uh, skill to be developed. So when the iPhone came out with Siri and you can push a button and say, remind me at a location, I was like, this is amazing. This is like, you know, the best thing to happen to ADHD since Ritalin. And it's like, then I had like 150 items on my reminders app. So I'm like, clearly this app sucks and I have to find another app. So I go to the app store, find another app and I, you know, rinse and repeat. I have 150 more items on that app. And you do that, you know, a dozen or two times and you're like, hmm. Maybe it's not the app. Maybe I need to process the stuff that's on that app. So getting all the stuff out of your head that's out of your head is super important. And that's sort of the easy, almost sometimes fun part of it, like getting the ideas out. Like that's it's sort of creative in some ways. And here's where sort of the work happens, right? It's then having a way uh, for you to look at, all right, where do I put, where do I dump all my information? Now, going back to that pile that you just created of information and sorting and going, all right, what, what's actually relevant? Do I actually know what any of this stuff means when I put it on here? Um, and, and deciding, like, what do you want to do and what, what don't you want to do? Like, one of the things that, that I see so often in, in uh, my coaching groups is people who are struggling with this idea of, wait, I have something on my to-do list and it's actually okay to just say, you know, I don't want to do that anymore and just get rid of it. It's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because no one, nobody, ADHD or not, gets everything done on their to-do list. Correct. Be, I, I think that because we are very aware that we spend more time than, than the average person doing things that we don't even know what we were doing for that period of time. And so we're like, I have to make up for that lost time by always being productive. And so I have to make up for that time by always trying to get everything I want to do list done. It's like, no, you, you, you don't, right? Having all that excess weight on your to-do list, what does that do? It like makes you avoid the to-do list and that's not helping anybody. Yeah, and, and I think the trap we fall into is we think that everything is has the same worth on our to-do list. Like, it just doesn't. Like, hemming your curtains is does not have the same priority as uh, grocery shopping. I mean, Ryan, do you have hem, do you have hemmed curtains? No, I don't. I don't, I don't even know. Curtain. I don't even know what hemming actually is. Just you're just shortening the curtains because they're too long, so you just stitch them so they don't hit the ground. Okay. Anyway, um, gosh, that, that could be a different podcast. But um, so when we do this mind dump, this getting it all out, you know, then it's where we're 
you know, prioritizing what needs to be done. And, and, and Eric, you're right. It's never about the app. That'd be like, oh, my desk is so messy. My desk doesn't work. I need a new I've desk. T- I've totally fallen into that too. I'm, I'm like, like, no, that's, that's not it. Like, that's totally, this desk is dumb. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a table with drawers. Like, used since the dawn of time so could we not like i mean i do it? have to imagine that there's some features that a desk has that are actually helpful oh, like like oh, sure. like i my first desk when i started my my, my business and i was actually starting my business at home it was one of these l desks that i got from ikea that had like a double layer and i was like great all oh, this space to f- spread out and spread out i did oh, but i had man. no drawers and oh, yeah. you know, and so my desk after that had a couple of drawers, and it was helpful. But the pile still, you know, right. oh, they yeah. still. Yeah, I I have an IKEA table, and there are no drawers. Um, I have to be able to see everything. So because I'm like, because then I'm looking for that one thing, and I'm like, oh, it's the drawer for this. Like we never make it about the apps. And you're right, we have this thing where it's like, oh, everybody gets their to do this done, but not us. ADHD people, I'm like, oh, that's that's like a lie from the pit of hell. So you know, people are surprised that when I tell them, like, I don't get everything done on my to do list. I don't hit like I. So I, I'm 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 a big goal setter. Like I, I set a lot of goals for myself, uh, uh, both long term and short term, and I rarely hit them at the time that I wanted to hit them. But what right. I'm going to tell you is that by having that specific goal that has that's time oriented. It gets it. It moves me forward to that point much faster than it would if I avoided setting the goal in the first place because I didn't want it to, you know, feel like I failed at something because I didn't hit it. Like, so so much of this is like, how do we think about what we are getting done and not getting done? Right. Um, you know, and and uh, I, I don't think that I can, you know, quote Brene Brown enough. And I, like, I don't think I'll be a broken record by you know I can. It should just be called the Brene Brown Tribute Show. Um, maybe yeah, I should just change my name. Like a tribute band, but right. right. This idea of we have to let go of productivity as a measure of our self worth. Like mm-hmm. whatever we get done or don't get done at the end of the day, we're we're still worthy of love and belonging. We're still like we're still good people, and like have like so. It's it's I think just think it's so important to sort of have that to, to wrestle with that idea of what does it mean about me if I didn't get this thing done on my to do list. What it means is that you didn't get a thing on your to do list, and that's it. Like, right? And just to explore why, like, explore like in a curious, non judgmental way. Like, oh, maybe I put, you know, I wrote down doctor on my to do list because it made sense at the time. And then when I went to go see it, I was like, wait, doctor, what, which doctor? What, what is that? Right. Call yeah. doctor. Wait, I don't actually, I don't have a doctor. I need to find a doctor. Like, so really right. getting clear and specific on what the actual task yeah. is. Anything yeah. to add to that? No, I think there's a there's a picture I have. I spent three months in China with my company, and there's this beautiful like temple garden, and it's just gorgeous. It's this black and white picture, and I'm standing there. Have you seen this, Eric? This when you're looking down at your phone. Yes, it's when I'm looking down at my phone like an idiot, and I was like, oh my god. And I asked my friend. I said, whoa, 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 who took the picture? I said, whoa, do you have like of one of me just standing there like smiling? He's like. No, that's all I have. I'm like, and maybe I was looking up now, granted, I was maybe looking up directions or what restaurant are we going to, but it just captured like Ryan McRae, like obsessed. Cause I'm obsessed with productivity obsessed. Like that is my, that's like my thing. And so, um, 
yeah, I was like, okay. And I, I, you know, I wrote about that. Like, okay, I gotta, gotta pump the brakes here. Like, it's okay. Like it's that, that list isn't a value thing. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, I can't believe you saw that picture oh, <laughs> out of all the things. Uh, I, I always thought you were being ironic when I saw the picture. No, I was looking no, at it. No, that was just, you know. Uh, let's see. So Dennis has a good one. So is, is, it, is it Dennis? That's what I was wondering. Is it Dennis or Denise? Dennis. I'm, I'm going to go Dennis. Dennis, okay. You might be right. Um, and then how do you establish boundaries? I always Walls, say yes fences. because... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I always say yes because I don't want to disappoint. So one of the probably most powerful words in the productivity language is a very small word, and that's the word no. And, no. and when we think about creating boundaries, it's we're saying yes to ourselves, right? Because if you keep saying yes to everybody else, and then you're never going to do the things that you want and intend to do. Then you're never going to really do the things that are really important to you. And then you're you're there trying to make everybody else happy. And who's the one that's not happy? You, right? Yeah. So, but I think the other piece of creating boundaries is to create the structures that support those boundaries. So, this, I mean, this could look like, um, so if, let's say you have someone who is like, uh, you know, we all have the person in our lives, and I've totally been guilty of being this person uh, myself. Like, hey, you, you got a minute to talk? An hour later, you know, it's yeah. and so. So if you have like, one of those people uh, in in your lives, and if I've ever been that person to you, and you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm working on it. Communicate that. Say like, I you know, I'd love to spend some time chatting with you. Right now is not a good time. I could do it here or there. Which one's better for you? So create those those structures. Or so having a regularly scheduled time to maybe talk to a certain person if they're a, a time suck. The other thing too, you know, when someone asks asks you if you can do something, this is something that I've learned to do and has, has worked really, really well for me, is your default answer is no. That or it's no, but I need to check my schedule. I'll get back to you. So what it's sort of the idea of you're opting out, but you can change that decision. So if you initially say, yeah. if your rule is, you don't have to think about it, you know, by default, say, I'm sorry, I'm really, I got a lot of things going on right now. I, I can't, but thank you for that offer. Then like, then you, as immediately as you can, you go check your calendar. Say, all right, could I actually do this? Then if you could, and it's something you actually want to do and say, hey, you know, I just looked at my calendar. And you know, I, I could actually, I could do that thing that you're you're asking me to do. And now they're like, oh wow, that's you know, thank you, that's awesome, right? And so it becomes then a, a win-win. Um, yeah. You know, it's I don't think people expect you to be able to say yes to everything. Yeah, and I like the checking the calendar thing. I've you know, there's an article going around like you either say no or it's like heck yes, you want to do it, like it's something that excites you. Um, other other terms I've had to use is say, you know what? It's a great question or let me see. But I said, you know, there might be some other options besides me and, and kind of giving them some options on, Hey, you know what? That sounds great. Um, I do have these commitments. Another option might be further down the road. Cause I understand that like, you don't want to disappoint people, but also with all the billions of people on this planet, like there's probably other options. Um, in the book, oh, I'll think of it in a second, of course. 
but like someone asks you to move like that's like oh but i've heard it said like hey i'm gonna totally help you move how many people do you have currently and the person will say oh you're the first one say, okay i'm your eighth person if you get seven yeses i'm there and the guy's like i have to get seven other people yeah yeah i'm number interesting. eight interesting i'm number okay. eight and then you know and then he got seven other people and you're like hey i'm number eight something i had to do with my students was say like when they'd ask me like i need help with this and i'm drowning and i'd say all right and i'd say at this beginning of the year i'm like lack of preparation on your part is never an emergency on mine so like you know whenever i, I saw whenever i saw that that, that, that was had a, a poster in, in schools i was yeah. just like damn it like it's true and i hate that sign because it's yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean I, for it to be an emergency and like if i yeah. if i my brain would have like let me know what i'm supposed to do sooner this wouldn't be an emergency thanks brain so yeah. it's like you know i i get it and it's like it's not wrong it's just one of those things where it's 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 a, it's a hard message to hear sometimes because it's uh you know just like right before we uh started the the webinar here i was like oh yeah i got to go grab the uh the questions that were were uh and so i'm like right don't don't talk put yourself on mute so i can concentrate because here's this thing i'm right. doing right now that i really needed to do like 20 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so no that's a good question Dennis. um so I know we have a couple more questions that, and we're still going to get to it. But before we do, we are going to take a quick break. All right. So uh, we will be back after this break with uh, Ryan McCray, the ADHD nerd, and we will continue to answer your questions. We will be right back. Are you ready for some big wins? Come learn, grow, and connect with ADHD Rewired. We all have a story. Your next chapter can sound like this. I never understood uh, before this group why I had such a problem with time. Why I was never, I was always, you know, shopping on Christmas Eve still. How it could be March and I thought it was still January. All those things, it never made sense to me until I got into this group and understood about planning ahead and actually seeing time differently than I've ever seen it. That is humongous and so many of my issues around my ADHD that have been negative are time-based. I'm becoming more aware of what matters to me and trying to take action on those things, which is being inner-defined instead of outer-defined, which I've been my first 54 years of my life. When I came into this group, I had a feeling like deep down inside that there was something broken about me. For some reason, this group has made me realize that, you know, my frontal lobe just acts a bit differently and that's okay. And I have all these incredible tools now that I can use to do the things I wanna do. Be around like-minded people. I really didn't realize just how profoundly liberating that would be. That component just affected me more than I ever anticipated in a very positive way. It's so nice to be part of a group of people who get it, who we don't have to apologize for our being. You guys get it. Well, I was hungry for new strategies and ways to manage the chaotic world of ADD with people who understood. Learn to understand time, make important discoveries, and do it all with people who understand you. 
Join ADHD Rewired's 10th season of coaching and accountability groups during our still kind of early, early registration event. This Thursday, June 15th, is your last chance for you to sign up and save $200. Secure your spot and get $200 off registration, but you have to do it by this Thursday, June 15th. Go to coachingrewired.com to learn more and to schedule your registration interview today. Space is limited, so don't wait. That's coachingrewired.com. And prepare to get your ADHD rewired. Support for ADHD Rewired comes from patrons over at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. I think we've now quadrupled the number of patrons since I last gave you an update when I told you we doubled our patrons from two to four to the now 12 of you who are now giving monthly over at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. I really want to thank you so much. You know, on June 24th, my family and I, we are moving and I need to find myself a new office and I'm pretty sure that the rent is going to be probably about double what I'm paying right now. So your support really does help. Come check out the cool perks, including the one that I just recently added, where I will answer you one question per month in song while playing guitar. Come on over to patreon.com slash ADHD rewired. Even just a few dollars a month makes a huge difference and really does help. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash ADHD Rewired. And thanks. All right. Welcome back. We are here still with Ryan McRae. He didn't he didn't leave us during the break. No. So we still are answering your questions. So did you choose a question? I did. Maybe we should take uh, turns. I'm, that would be like maybe sure. a, a, an organized sure. way to do this. Sure. But then we need to remember uh, whose turn it was. I'll, I'll be in charge of that. Okay, awesome. Sweet. So I would love thoughts input about shortening conversations. For example, I'm a veterinarian who cannot complete visits in the allotted 30 minutes. I've been trying for years and I consciously do not, I don't spend the time talking, but apparently I send the message that I'm open to hearing much more than necessary. Same on the phone or even running into friends. The biggest challenges at work to streamline discussions. So from what I get from this is the person just goes on and on. They get kind of entranced by this person and they, um, they lose the ability to track time, that time blindness. So when we connect with people, that time blindness kind of, you know, clicks in. I have some ideas, but Eric, go ahead. I want to hear what you got. So I, first of all, I completely relate to this. I have dealt with this in, in many of my jobs. Now, it sounds like you enjoy your job, which is sort of why yeah. you're having this, this, yeah. this issue, right? So it's like that the, the dopamine's like, you know, it's fire. It's like, this is fun. Why am I going to, you know, disengage? And it's like, oh, crap, you know, I'm, I've spent too long and now you're behind. And so, 
some of the things that I have done to help uh, with this, especially, it sounds like you go like so your your work sites are, are are varied, right? So you can't sort of count on the having the clocks in the specific places that you that you want. What I have done, what I used to do when I had similar types of work where I was going to people's homes uh, or working in group home settings where I knew I had to be very diligent on my time. There is a uh, there's a, a, a little timer. Um, it, it's not the the easiest one to use, but I found it to be very helpful. Um, it's called the Pill Minder. It looks like a little pager. Remember pagers, like beepers. I remember. Like, remember when that was cool? That was cool. I used to have a pager when I was in in like high school. Oh, I think I was. Wow. Yeah. Then I dropped it in the toilet. Um, so anyway, so this this uh, uh, pill uh, time time. What is it called? The time, the pill. I said it and now I forgot it and I just said it. Pill timer. Pill, pill, pill minder. Pill minder. So it's, it looks like a little uh, timer and you can create all these custom vibration um, uh, cues. So with like, if you want with like uh, five minutes left, you can have like a certain series of, of vibrations with like a minute left. You can have a certain series of vibration. There's a, there was one function that was called meeting timer. And what it would do is it would uh, default to, it would give you a, a um, it would vibrate. I think, I think it was like twice when your meeting was halfway done, five minutes or 10 minutes, five minutes, and then a minute and done. So we just sort of like defaulted to that. And so it was a, a something that stayed in my pocket. Um, I said it before I went into the the home or the environment that I was working in. And so and I had to sort of learn to train myself like what those different things mean. So not like the simplest strategy, but one that I found to be very, very effective uh, for me. And chances are there's probably an app that also does this. Yeah, there, there probably is an app that does it. What you might want to say is it's kind of like, when you work with your client, like, hey, I'm really glad you're here. You know, my sessions are usually about 30 minutes. Let's see what we can do during that time. That's a great. And then they're conscious of it, like, oh, okay. Say, you know, I just our waiting room is kind of filling up with with uh, the person's a veterinarian with horses. Like, we gotta we gotta get to business. But you also want to enjoy that story. So maybe you have just like two questions you ask. Hey, where did you get your animal? And you know, what's something fun you've done? Once those two questions are completed, uh, and go from there. For me, one one of the things that I uh, well, a couple of things in my office. So I have like a gazillion timers, uh, like a time timer. I always have two time timers going during my session. One so is that is visible uh, for my clients, and one is visible for me. Um, and so and they so we're all tracking time. So this is the time timer. So for everyone seeing, um, I'm gonna show it, but I'm gonna describe it for you know, everyone who's not seeing it. Time timers. I wanted the red little disc you just turn it and then it shows you like a clock that looks red and then as time disappears that little red you know pie slips back behind the the uh the frame of the uh of the clock so the other sort of thing that i try to do and i'm i'm i would say i'm like 85 to 90 percent there uh on it is with like seven minutes left if there's a new topic that i hear coming up I would say, you know what, this is. A, this sounds like an important topic. Do you want me to make a note of that and we can maybe start with that next week? I am totally guilty of, of being a one more thing-itis kind of person. Like, oh yeah, just one more thing, right? And so it's like, if whether it's you or the clients you're working with, being aware of that, then sort of create these sort of rules about it. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. It's Your my, turn. It's my turn. Okay. Uh, let's see, Jessica. Any tips 
for staying positive and focusing on how to improve going forward rather than on past mistakes, especially in work environments in which almost all the focus is on the bad ADHD traits. Jessica is, uh, we, we know Jessica, she's been on here uh, answering, asking questions many, many times. Um, you know, I, so, I, so I know Jessica's situation a, a little bit more. Working in an environment that is not fit for your, your challenges is one of the most challenging things for an adult with ADHD, right? That's why I, I tell, you know, when I'm talking about ADHD, I, I, when I'm working with kids, I would say it's way easier to be an adult with ADHD than it is to be a kid with ADHD because oh, yeah. you have no choice in your job. Your job is to be a student, and Ugh. most of the stuff is pointless and boring. It just is, and you got to deal with it, right? As an adult, mm-hmm. like we have choices, yeah. right? And yeah. yeah, these are challenging because like when our, 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 our we have to hit, you know keep our income coming in. It's like, but we like we do have choices. Doesn't mean they're easy choices. Right. right. So I think that if you have tried so many things uh, and you're still feeling like this isn't working, I think that, that because we are very sensitive to our environment, like staying in the same job when you have been trying for a just got thing. What has it been these two years you've been trying to work on, on changing things in, in your work uh, environment? And when things aren't changing, it's real easy to sort of wonder, well, is it just me? Is it just, you know, and it's, I, I don't think it is just you. So I think that's a, a, a I mean, you've, sh- I know sort of some of the details of, of your work and what you described to me. It is not set up to succeed. It's, it's just not. So I just, it's, it's, you know, it's easy for me to sit here in the, in the chair where I have the, the income that's, you know, that's, that's working and, and in a job that I've created for myself that I love, like, but that's part of why I'm saying this, because like it's scary to make that the move to to do something that is more fit to you when you don't know if it's going to actually work. Because everything, everything is an experiment, right? Everything, right? And it's, but it just you know, just like how I was working on the queue uh, I mentioned during the break, I was just realizing as I'm t- talking about that, the listeners have no idea what I'm talking about with the queue. So trying to, to do something over and over again that wasn't working, it's just like it's it feels insane, right? It's so it's trying to do those those different things. I think that looking at at all failure is feedback. Whenever something's not working, it's feedback. But when you don't are when you're not in the environment to to actually be able to try something that has the opportunity for you to be successful, like it's you're just gonna be feeling like you're spinning your wheels. Um and me, Jessica, I, I feel you. Like it's, it's, I, I wish I can just like pull you out of there and say, Hey, try this new thing. Cause it, it's like, it probably can't be like any worse than what you're currently experiencing. Ryan, you got anything to add to that? I would say, um, our ADHD will, will tell us like, Hey, you know, if you don't succeed in this, you're going to be homeless. Like it, our ADHD raises our threat level of like, this is a threat. And instead of being like, Oh, this doesn't work out. You might have to look for another job where instead we are living in some sort of back alley with like two dumpsters put together. And we have like live in a cardboard box. Like that's our, our ADHD just goes to the nth degree because we're, we're, we're way more sensitive to pain. So we're like, no, I don't want to feel that. And we're, 
we just we go into this like crisis fantasy mode that we can't seem to lock out. I'm not saying you're in you're not in the weeds. I don't know. I'm not sure in your situation. You probably are, but I I hated my job so much as a resident director, and Jessica, I hated it. Like, and I lived in the resident hall. So like, imagine hating a job and you live there. And so I flipped out. And I took the first job someone offered me. I spent a year in Afghanistan because I was like so desperate to move out. Not my brightest move. <laughs> not not the move that I'm looking for here. Was like, I remember getting off the plane in Jalalabad and going, I really, I, I have, I have let my ADHD just drive me to to war. You were at the top of the roller coaster saying, wait, wait, wait I want to get off the ride. What, what did and I then I... And then I did, and I fell all the way into Afghanistan. So one thing I do is, like, I've got a group of friends of mine who, when I'm, like, in that mode, I'm like, I, I'm crazy right now, and I need you to hear me out. And they're, they're not ADHD. They're as calm and cool collected. They're like, you're overthinking this. This isn't a tragedy. Your house is not burnt down you don't have a tumor on your neck. Like you've got to like, Ryan, you're at a 12. This is like a three. And I, and I literally will call one after the other and they're like, and they don't know each other. That's the kicker. But they're like, no, this is uh, a little much right now. And so I'm like, all right. And they're like, here's what you need to, here's what you're going to do. Do this, this, this. And then um, you're going to be all right. You're going to, you do you have food in the fridge? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You have a little bit of savings. Yeah, I do. Okay, we're gonna, they, they move me along. So you need like a good counsel, and this is for anybody and any question, a good counsel of non-ADHD people, because otherwise you infect the other ADHD people. Like, oh my God, what kind of dumpster do you think is in the alley you're gonna live in? You're like, no, this isn't what I wanted. Like, I need someone not like me to bounce this off of, so. Well, I, I think that there's plenty of ADHD people who are not like ourselves uh, as well. True. I, and I'm glad you should have went there, Ryan, this idea of, of asking other people. Um, you know, Jessica, uh, who's also known as uh, Jessica Awesome Pants, um, you know, so having an awesome counsel, I think for you would be like, and I, and I think that we, we've talked about this before, where this idea of, and I've, I've shared with, uh, I may have shared on the pod, I, I forget what I shared on the podcast, I forget what I shared in the coaching group, so um, I might be resharing. For myself, I have learned that like, when I get into this sort of overwhelmed space where I'm just, or like something didn't go the way I wanted it to, and I'm just like, I'm sort of like recognizing that I'm sort of in the emotional thick of overwhelmed. And and so I have certain people that I will sort of call upon to, to talk to so that in the same kind of way with you, Ryan, the question to talk me off the ledge and they remind yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and they remind me that I'm doing really good work. And sometimes right. I just seem to like I, I've recognized and I'm okay with the fact that I sometimes just need to hear that. Right. Right. Like oh, yeah. when I'm in that like headspace of like, oh, man, I'm, I, I just screwed this thing up. Like, I'm not going to lie. I sometimes go on iTunes and read reviews because it really helps me. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. but, but I think sort of acknowledging that and like saying, you know, what, I'm going to own that. And like, I'm going to take I'm going to take charge of that because that's that's helpful. So, you know, Jessica, the other thing I'll say is that I know you've made a ton of progress and you're doing awesome stuff. So uh, give yourself some credit for what for the the progress that you have made. It really is extraordinary. 
We're going to wrap this up. Let's do one more question and then let's bring this in for a landing. It's totally my turn. It's not really a question, but it's a coping strategy that Anthony uses when he's fixing cars. Mm-hmm. He'll, uh, he'll have someone work with him like an accountability partner to yeah. keep him on track. I use that when I, uh, so I'm on this, I'm on this 30 day challenge where I have to, this sounds so, sounds like a commercial. It's not, I promise. I have to go to Starbucks. I have to sit and write and I have to do it for 30 days in a row. And I'm on day seven and I have to do it. And so at first I was just sitting there like, Oh, I would rather eat a bag of hair than do this right now. (laughs) (laughs) But what I did was I grabbed my smartphone and I texted three friends of mine who are like in the like inner core. I'm like, Hey, I'm writing, I'm going to write 1200 words or 1900 words. And, um, I'm going to do these like three things. And they could, they couldn't care less that I'm in a Starbucks drinking nitro coffee. Couldn't care less. It's magical. But I have now like shouted it out to the world. And so now I'm like, uh, better get these fingers moving, you big nerd. So when I go to grab my smartphone for like a distraction fix, I'm like, oh, I just told these guys I got to gotta get through it. And then when I'm done, I write them. I'm like, hey, I got it done or I'll shoot them a picture. Grant, they've never replied to me like, oh, great job. Da, da, da. Like they're just like they know I do that kooky thing. And um, that's just kind of one way if you want to do it together. Sometimes I've I've had people like, hey, man, can you come up come hang out while I, you know, clean the kitchen? And they're like, that is like a terrible idea. Um, I'm like, all right, that is that is true. That is terrible. But I try to have people included, whether I Skype them in or just that that presence. Yep, kind of kind of puts a kick in my you know boot in my rear to get stuff done. Um, I battle because in my in my uh, where I work, I'm surrounded and drowning in people. Eric will back me up on this. Like my job will burn out the biggest extrovert you've ever met. They'll just be weeping in the corner. So when I come home, I'm very much like I don't want any noise. I don't want to talk to you. I am just, I'm known at the lunch table as like the kid in the corner, like just working on his own thing. But yeah, I would definitely, if, if you need to, you know, get the Scooby-Doo gang together to solve a mystery, do it. <laughs> but, uh, but, but don't be social. I'm, I'm being tough dad right now. Don't be like, Oh, so are you excited <laughs> about game of Thrones? And then you don't get like your stuff done. You have to like, get it done. You know? I hate to be Dr. Cox from Scrubs on that, but like, no, it's about, it's about being intentional. It's about like, yeah. hey, my intention is I, I got to get this thing. I mean, the power of just that, that the warm body, whether it's they're in the room or on the screen, um, it's, it's crazy effective. Yeah. Um, it, it is. That's, that's our adult study hall. That's what we do in our coaching groups. Oh yeah. I've, it's, I've been to one of those. That's, that's some brilliance right there. It's very simple and brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why we, like to, I think that's what draws us to like coffee shops where people are working. Cause I'm like, I know you have homes. I know you do. Like, you don't have to be here, but I'm here because there's that activity and that presence. So, yeah. Well, this is a really good time to wrap this up. Cause I just got like a frog <laughs> in my throat, like the last like minute. And I'm like, eh. So um, let's wrap this up. I want to thank Ryan McCray, the ADHD nerd. Thank His, you his for website is. The ADHDnerd.com. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Ryan. This was a lot of fun. Um, 
I hope to see you next month. We do this every second Tuesday of the month at 1230. Go to com slash events to register. And uh, thanks. This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. Learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content that you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. Support ADHD Rewired and help replenish our coaching group scholarship fund by becoming a monthly patron at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. Different levels of support get different perks. You can give just a buck or three or five bucks a month or more. Every little bit helps. And it's an awesome way for you to let me know that you value this show the community, and everything else we do. That's patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. Subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube to see select interviews and other videos I've made. The ADHD Rewired community is now a secret group on Facebook, so that's one less reason to not just be a passive listener, but to be an active member of our community. Fill out our short screening form at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We screen everyone before they join. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities or on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Quora, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone or even do it for them. And if you really love this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things you really can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or on Stitcher or any other podcast app that supports and accepts ratings and reviews. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Need some ideas on where to start other than Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability? Then I would recommend The One Thing by Gary Keeler. Oh, and if you by any chance know Brene Brown, please let her know how grateful I am for all of her work and what she means to me and the ADHD community, and that she's welcome on my show anytime. 
And in the one in like seven billion chance that Brene, you're listening, please come and be a guest. Thanks. This is Eric Tivers reminding you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. And no matter how hard it all feels, remember, we can do hard things. Until next time.